Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. is Money and Me. Kenny Lowe is my guest today. He's a REIT specialist, independent financial advisor. We're surveying the REIT universe. Fraser's Hospitality Trust suffered a 24% dip in its share price after a $1.35 billion proposal to take the trust private fell through. The offer seemed generous. Cash offering of 70 cents per stapled security, a 7% premium to its net asset value by sponsor Fraser's property. But the global hotel and service resident clocked in 74.88% of shareholder votes, just missing 75% that it needed for that resolution to pass. So we'll take a closer look at that. Also scanning Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust, seeing a bullish call by DBS on its share price. And in just a while, we'll also take a look at Parkway Life Rate and their move to further expand their healthcare REIT portfolio over in Japan. But first, time to say good morning. Kenny Lowe, how are you this morning? Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Misha. I'm good. Thank you. Wonderful. So if we look at the iEdge SREIT index, Singapore's SREIT benchmark, a year ago to date, it was trading at $1,376 and that has fallen to today's share price of $1,265. So can you give us a sense of an overview of how REITs have performed since the last time we spoke, maybe, Kenny? So that's a, a month back. The year's best performers, I understand, are hospitality trusts and the worst performers are REITs with 100% overseas assets. What are you seeing on a month-on-month movement? Right. Based on the latest month of performance, actually, there's a sell-off across the board for the whole REIT itself, the whole REIT universe uh, for mm. Singapore. And based on last week inflation data coming out, there was a sell-off in the US stock market and Singapore REIT that does not spare from a sell-off itself. And if we are looking at the whole uh, index itself, the REIT index is really forming some sort of bearish chart pattern, the falling wedge, which I don't like uh, as an investor because breaking down the support of this falling wedge, they may send the REIT index or maybe there's a larger sell-off of the Singapore REIT itself. So, so basically, in short, uh, last month was a pretty bad month for Singapore REIT. And at the present moment, the, the REIT index is holding at the critical support network. All right. Thank you very much for that overview, Kenny. If we could get going with our discussion today, Fraser's Hospitality Trust. Now, uh, some market watchers were surprised when FHT failed in its bid to go private. Some were asking, so what were unit holders responsible for the failed bid be holding out for? But others said, look, it's a little bit of a no-brainer since we're seeing hospitality come back in a big way. What do you think? Help us understand why you think unit holders rejected privatization since the offer price was above its general trading level? I was surprised the unit holder reject this uh, privatization. Also. I was mm. very, very surprised. Because when you first uh, make the offer, I think that the offer is pretty good based on past performance. I think why the unit holder they reject, I think uh, it's all down to the price. Because if you look at the price chart uh, historically, Fraser Hospitality Trust used to uh, trade between 63 cents to 86 cents. And most of the time, close to 70% of the time, they are trading above the 70 cents value, which means that 
most of the investor who invested in Fraser Hospitality Trust basically they are losing money. Right. Right. And coupled with the dividend, maybe some of them probably uh, break even with the share price and also the dividend total from a total return perspective. So I think that mainly on a price perspective, but however, it is actually a narrow miss of 75% mark because the 74.88% would award for the privatization. It's only 0.12%, which is pretty a small number yes. that rejected it. They are very, very close. So I think that by adjusting some of the share price of the, in the next attempt, probably you swing all this to go against what to the forward to, to get a privatization through. All right, so you are expecting another attempt and for that attempt to yield more positive results in this one, definitely. Now, what would privatization mean for unit holders of this REIT? We just look at two scenarios. One scenario is a privatization does not go through. And based on the current portfolio, I think there are a lot of challenges for this uh, FCT to turn around because we have just have too much uncertainty like the rate high, like the inflation. And also by looking at their debt profile, they may be facing the refinancing risk uh, pretty soon because at the present moment, they have a high gearing of 39.3%. And at the same time, they are having a decreasing DPU, the trend, even before the COVID, the DPO trend has been on a declining trend. And also the NAV also declining trend. That means that fundamentally, I think the portfolio does not really do well. It's not a strong portfolio. Mm. And coupled with all this kind of uncertainty, if the shareholder continue to hold on to it, if they are facing a refinancing risk, they need a financing risk and then have to issue the additional rights. And that will further dilute the DPO and also the share price. Those are the risks I'm currently seeing. So in short, mm. although the sentiment in the hospitality recovery is, is good, mm-hmm. but there are some other better choices uh, out there. For example, Escort, Far East Hospitality Trust and CDO Hospitality Trust. If you look at the offering price itself, they are offering 1.07 times of the NAV, the book value, which is pretty high. At the present moment, Escort Resident Trust only trading at 0.94. Far East Hospitality Trust 0.73, CDL Hospitality Trust 0.97. Actually, the price to book is much more higher than those bad, relatively better hospitality trusts out there. Interesting. Interesting. Again, what are the possible headwinds for Fraser's Hospitality Trust that you see? The headwinds will be DPO continue to drop, right? And also the other potential one would be the, the slower or reoccurrence of all those COVID cases around the world, then that will really dent the hospitality sector. And at the present moment, the interest coverage ratio is also pretty low. So I may have a concern that they may enter into the next eager hospitality trust or ARA hospitality trust. They are not able to pay the dividend. Interesting. Interesting. All right, let's move on to Maple Tree Pan-Asia Commercial Trust, bullish call on it by DBS. DBS research, group research says it's an opportunity not to be missed. Describing the Asia Focus REIT, it's trading at a yield above 5%, currently trading at $1.89 flat. So if you look at MPACT, is its valuation attractive right now? Yeah, maybe not so difficult for you to pronounce MPSD. I call it MPAC. MPAC. <laughs> that is much easier. <laughs> okay, I, I do agree with the DBS call because if you look at the present price to book value, it's, it's trading below or close to minus one standard deviation of the five-year average. It means that 
In other words, it's, it's undervalued. And if you look at the forward earnings and all the forward DPO, the forward DPO is expected to, to rise due to two reasons. One is a further easing of Hong Kong and China because eventually China will come up on all this kind of restrictive control, right? And Festival Walk, the one of the very famous retail mall in Hong Kong, definitely will be benefit from this reopening and a reduction on quarantine. This Festival Walk actually contributed the MPI about 21% to the MPEG portfolio, Right, so so uh, reopening of a China will help uh, Hong Kong itself, and at the same time also will help Singapore because you just imagine at the present moment we do not have many uh, Chinese tourists uh, come to Singapore due to all the restriction. But if the border of China reopen, that will be the revenge traveling. We we have seen it for, for Singapore. Oh, <laughs> Once the border yeah. opens, everyone over us just go out. We don't care about the, all the uh, etiquette <laughs> for the price. Okay, they will come here and spend, revenge spending, uh, revenge traveling. When the, when the Chinese tourists come here, that will help the Vivo City, right? And Vivo City contributes uh, close to 22% of the MPI. So if you combine these two major portfolios, there will be a 43% contribution just or benefit just uh, because of all this kind of reopening. So that's why. Okay, now we get it. Uh, Maple Tree Pen uh, Impact. I'll use your your useful acronym. <laughs> Impact. By the way, often seen as a, a means to access key gateway markets of Asia. Listeners, their portfolio comprises eighteen commercial properties across five key gateway markets of Asia: five in Singapore, one in Hong Kong, two in China, uh, one in South Korea, and nine in Japan. Thanks, Kenny, for that great overview. When it comes to impact, do you see any possible risks ahead that investors should be aware of? Yes, yes. There, there are risks after the merger. There are two risks in this aspect. One of them is a fundamental risk. So the fundamental side, if we have a slower than expected reopening of China and Hong Kong, mm-hmm. or we are entering into a severe recession, because now everybody is talking about recession now, yep. if you really go to the severe recession, that will definitely affect the DPO, right? That is more on the fundamental side. On the other aspect, will be a political aspect because we know that now the tension is pretty high between US and China on the Taiwan issue. So if any incident that create a war, maybe they're just firing the missile to each other, right? Or they have a sanction on China or sanction on Hong Kong or whatever thing, whatever thing is happening, definitely will affect the sentiment of the investment community. Yeah, it will. All right, let's look at Parkway Life REIT now. Is it going to see a boost from its new acquisitions, Kenny? Current share price, $4.65, down about 0.43% this morning. So in the news recently, Parkway Life REIT says it's acquiring three Hokkaido nursing homes for $26 million or so, and it's expected to expand the healthcare REIT's Japan's portfolio. So this is Asia's largest listed healthcare REIT, Parkway Life REIT. More than 55 properties. Do you think these latest acquisitions are a positive for its portfolio? Yeah, in short, it's positive because with the current high price to book value about 1.94 times and also the low DPOU about 3%, any acquisition out there would be uh, quite quite attractive because definitely you'll be much better than the current valuation, the, the rate valuation and also DPU. So this, this acquisition actually is lucrative they are getting the 6.5% MPI yield. And at the same time, the valuation of this property is 12% below the valuation. 
compared to the REIT valuation itself is is pretty attractive. There definitely there'll be a re-rating after the portfolio to be integrated into the REIT itself. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, they are also having a very low cost of debt. You just imagine that you are borrowing at close to 0% of the Japanese uh, yen and you are investing in some of properties generating 6.5%. The, the spread is huge. It's really a no-brainer. Wow. All right. So you sound upbeat over uh, Parkway Life REIT expanding. Can you help us understand how this REIT has been performing compared to pre-COVID levels? Yeah, it, it really depends on investor when is their uh, investment time. If they invest five years ago, definitely this is one this is one of the best REIT or the best REIT there in their holding. But the investor, if they, are, if they invest this one just after the COVID or maybe one year ago, probably the performance is not so fantastic, but right. it's all in all still, still quite good. So I'm just referring to the, the before the COVID and also based on the past five years. If you com- just purely come back to the previous high of the pre-COVID, at the present stock price, it has already surpassed the previous pre-COVID high up by 25%. Wow. You don't, you don't see any REIT have this kind of performance yeah. because most of REIT at, this, at the present moment is coming down, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and have a sector rotation. Okay, at the same time, the DPO has been growing steadily year over year since the IPO. And Parkway uh, Life REIT is totally unsketched during the COVID period. They continue to pay good dividend, continue to grow the dividend. That, that's why due to the, the strength in the underlying portfolio itself, they are able to command such a high premium to the book value at the same time that did not go through the correction during this period. Wow. All right. That's really interesting. I just want to pick up one more thing you mentioned, you know, that basically a major headwind is global recession, right? And we're talking to so many analysts and getting their feel for that. What is your feel of, you know, um, recessionary headwinds? And what could this mean for REITs? Yeah, S-REITs. Yeah, I think the investor need to be selective in this case because under the recession period, most of the company, they'll be going through the cost-cutting measure, right? They'll be, first of all, they'll try to uh, reduce expense. Mm-hmm. Then secondly, they start to cut the headcount. And the last thing they do is to shut down the facility. All right. So for those companies, that means at the end of the day, it's a tenant profile. If a tenant profile is very, very diversified and they are fundamentally, they are pretty strong, they are quite reputable and they are in those uh, necessity industry. And uh, definitely, they can ride through this recession pretty well. So in order to go defensive, so the logistic and industrial sector probably is more re- defensive. At the same time, healthcare is more defensive. And I, say, I think Singapore should be able to avoid the recession. So retail mall in Singapore probably is more resilient in nature because we cannot live without the retail mall. No way to go, no way to eat. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> to do. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And, and and if you really go to the civil recession, basically every one of us will be tightening a bell. That when we tightening a bell, so the hospitality sector will be uh, impacted. At the present moment, everyone is is hoping the recovery on the hospitality sector. But once we tighten a bell, of course the tourism will be affected. But at the same time, there is a revenge spending phenomenon. Right. So that may counter the whole thing. Or when uh, China reopened, because everyone, there have been more or less a lockdown for three years, right? You, you just imagine the potential explosion of the need to spend and to travel. That may maybe kickstart and help us in the recovery of a global economy. 
Oh, interesting. Well, it's been a terrific show, Kenny. Thank you so much for giving us that concise overview of the REIT universe here in Singapore. Kenny Law is a REIT specialist and independent financial advisor. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.